Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Cassock Club, the only place online where you will find three Episcopal priests talking about professional wrestling. On the East Coast, I am the Reverend Matt Rhodes. On the West Coast, we have the Reverend Michael Sadev. And on the Gulf Coast, we have our moderator, the Reverend Morris Stewart. Fellas, Deep how- South, baby. Deep <laughs> South. How's it going, guys? We've been talking about this for a long time. Man, it's about we, time. It is about time. We've been talking about it for probably two or three years, I think, when we were like, oh, we could we could do this. But here we are. It's about time. Glad to do it. Glad to do it. We're, uh, we are so pumped to do this. I'm a little nervous, guys. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but I'm a little bit nervous about this. The tension's high. I'm in my ECW shirt. You can't see me, but I'm in my ECW shirt that I got at a house show, Montgomery, Alabama, October 1998. Rob Van Dam's signature on the back. I am ready to roll. You guys ready to go? Yeah, and a shout out to the Young Bucks. I've got my Super Kick Club shirt on. So if Matt and Nick are listening, this is for you. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to be listening. <laughs> <laughs> With all the time they have to listen to our podcast. They're going to look back one day and, and hear the inaugural episode of all of us and think, man, why weren't those guys booking AEW years and years before they showed up and revolutionized professional wrestling? Yeah, revolutionized. That's right. We are here to revolutionize the professional wrestling podcast industry. <laughs> or at least give us our very best shot. Yeah, we're going to try. We're going to do what we can. But we're, let's go ahead and get started. We got, a, we got a lot of things to talk about, but uh, the first thing is kind of an introductory thing for all of us. What I want to do is I want us to kind of introduce ourselves to the world by uh, giving everybody listening the moment, the match, the pay-per-view, the angle, whatever it was that made us a pro wrestling fan. What was it that got you hooked on pro wrestling michael yeah so for me uh i remember the first thing i ever saw was it was wwf uh in the late 90s and uh, i remember the big show coming out and you know i was a young kid that had had never seen a monster of a man like that he throws up his arm and the fireworks shoot out behind him. I immediately ran into my living room and I said, Mom, is it okay if I watch wrestling? And she made a decision that unknowingly put me on a path that led us to this very day. <laughs> led us to this podcast. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Mom. Shout out to Pamela. <laughs> That's right. Matt, how about you? Matt, go ahead. All right, well, in the intro, we didn't talk ages, so I think I'm about to date myself, but the match the match that really got me started, and anybody listening under 50 will have no clue what I'm talking about. September of 87, Hands of Stone, Ronnie Garvin wins the oh. NWA title from Ric Flair. NWA. Wow. Wow. You know, growing up in an area where the biggest wrestling shows were in the Armory, and they would come through town, I hated, hated, hated Ric Flair. So when... <laughs> So when the Hands of Stone got the title, it was the moment that 
launched me into my seat at this dining room table on this very podcast. Yes. Woo! Man, man. Well, mine is from a completely different era from both of you. Uh, that's one of the cool things about this is that we kind of come from different eras of, of fandom, uh, yet all uh, are all together here. But mine, I thought long and hard about this. So when I was young, my mom used to take me and my little brother after school on Fridays to the video store, which is already an outdated uh, thing. So we would go to Blockbuster or movie gallery or whatever, <laughs> and I would go immediately to the wrestling section. And I would rent old pay-per-views. Um, and the one that I rented probably more than any, and the match that I probably watched more than any, was WrestleMania Six: Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. Mm. Uh, champion versus champion. To me, it was an unbelievable clash between two champions that it was just... I was enthralled the whole time. I was obsessed with, you know, halfway through the match when the Warriors face paint is flaking off and, and Hogan is being beat down and how is he going to win? And Hulk's going to, you know, he's going to Hulk out. And I'm a little passionate about it, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Even to this day, all those years later, WrestleMania six champion versus champion Hogan versus ultimate warrior gets me still every time. That's a classic. Passing Man. of the torch. Whew, my heart is pounding right now thinking about it. But I know we're going off script. I'm going to throw okay. out a question here. Already off script. It's fine. <laughs> what was the one match or the one moment that almost turned you off of professional wrestling? Oh, that is a good one. That almost turned me off to professional wrestling. Oh my gosh. It may be a topic for another episode. Yeah. Man, I'm gonna have to think about that one. Um I almost said um I almost said uh when it was down to the last two at this year's Royal Rumble and it was <laughs> Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. I almost shut it down. I think I said out loud, oh my god, no. <laughs> knew what was going to happen but it ended up not happening what i thought was going to happen but i don't know it's a good question yeah before uh i i was out in um like 2010 to like two like 2011 you know i was like not watching at all i will say the thing that brought me back was 100% being the elite and and particularly in match-wise, I had never seen anything like it before. It was, I remember I was at LA Fitness watching on my phone as I was on the treadmill yeah. trying to uh, pretend like I enjoyed running. And I was watching <laughs> the Young Bucks versus the Hardys for the oh, Ring of Honor World oh, Titles. A ladder in, match. In a ladder match. And I was like, what is this? Yes. And that, that one match literally brought me back in to professional wrestling that was the night before the hardys went back to wwe right i think so yeah i think it was like the night before 35 i think yeah they were in like lakeland and uh yeah because wrestlemania was in orlando and wow. i i was like this is not i've never seen anything like this so good so, so good. yeah so that's kind of a part two of what what got you into wrestling mm-hmm
Well, Matt, did you want to give yours? Did you say what yours was? No, I didn't. And after I asked, I started struggling. There have been so <laughs> many great ones. Uh, you know, my, my uh, with, with a shout out to the McMahon family, I almost have to say doink. Doink. <laughs> doink. Yeah. Doink one through 13 or however many they were up to. Uh, mm. I don't know. You know, there, there have been a lot that I have watched and it's like, what the heck is this? Why, why am I bothering? But then like Michael just said, you've got these moments where you see Hardy young bucks style matches and it's just like, Oh, this is too good to pass up. And I got to be honest, uh, not trying to show bias to any federation, but AEW in the last year has really rejuvenated my passion for wrestling. So shout out to Tony Khan. Yeah, well, that's a that's about as good a segue as any, I think, to to talk about our next topic, guys. We all watched Dynamite this morning, right? We uh, we didn't see it live last night, but we all watched it this morning. I think um, all of us did. So let's talk about it. Let's let's review it. I have I have the whole show written down here with with my notes, but I want to hear what y'all thought about uh, about what it was. You want me to go? Uh, segment by segment, and we can kind of talk about it, and or skip over it if we feel like we need to. Is that all right? You were yeah, driving. Yeah. You were all driving right. this train. Let's do. I, I have my notes too. Excellent. Let's do that. So, uh, first thing we saw was uh, the show opened with uh, the gauntlet match, the tag team gauntlet match, to see who would face uh, Omega and Hangman at uh, All Out. Um, so it went five, four, three, and two ranked teams, and whoever won the gauntlet match was going to go to all out. So the first two teams that were in the ring, when the show opened, we didn't even get entrances, but when the show opened, it was the Young Bucks and uh, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall in the ring ready to go. But before their match started, we heard Judas. And it was uh, Jericho came out to join the commentary team. And man, I just love Jericho on commentary. But, but that's not all that we heard. We heard for the first time in months fans singing the, 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 uh, the song. Yes. The How we could heard I forget? it. How could I forget? It was 10% capacity at Daly's Place in Jacksonville. And man, it was cool. It, it actually did make a difference. Oh, yeah. Even oh, yeah. just the, the 10%. I don't know how many Daly's Place holds. I would imagine probably, you know, between seven and 10,000. Uh, I know Tuscaloosa Amphitheater looks pretty similar, uh, just without a roof over here in, uh, in Alabama. And it looks, looks like a similar kind of venue. And they hold, I think, 7,000. I imagine it's pretty close to that. So but I, it made a huge difference, I thought. Well, yeah. I got to I got to tell you, the biggest difference I thought it made was for Jericho because he's got that cocky kind of arrogant smile. But I think last night was a genuine. This is awesome. It's so glad to have you back. Smile that came out on his face, and you could well, you feel it. You could feel it the whole first match. I think. Mm. Yeah, you were, saw you saw the, the the heel Jericho came out and was ready to gloat, but even he had to stop and yeah. just go, and take it in, which I yeah. you know it's one of those like. You know, we love kayfabe around here. Reverend kayfabe is is uh, moderating our our panel, but right. even that little break was was nice to see. It was nice yeah. to see for sure. Absolutely, absolutely, it was great. I love that. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. Um, Good matches. Yeah, I think I thought so too. I thought so too. You kind of knew how the first one was going to go, right? Yeah. You got to figure when you look at at who all is on is on this is in this gauntlet match what they're setting up. Um, 
but uh, they, I think they did it well. I have one comment about Matt Jackson. Can I just make yeah. one comment about Matt Jackson? Go ahead. No matter what Matt Jackson does, no matter what happens to him, he could get thrown off the top rope. He can get put through a table. He can get, you know, put in a figure four leg lock. He can get thrown between the ropes out, you know, tope suicida. He can do whatever. That dude is always going to sell his neck. Always. 100%. A <laughs> lingering injury, man. A lingering injury. No thought, days off. I thought his back was the lingering. Anyway, he's always grabbing at his – anyway, I just had yeah. one comment. I thought that was always funny. I will say, because, look, I'm going to – you know, I'm not going to say that I don't enjoy AEW uh, more than any other professional wrestling yeah. or sports entertainment that, that we watch. But I will criticize when criticism is due. Absolutely. Do it. And – the, I, I have to say, one, I very much liked that um, I think the winners, right, reflected the rankings. I think it's good that they, uh, that they kept to that. We'll talk about how that win happened later on. But uh, I am out on, on uh, QT Marshall and, um, and Dustin just because we saw, and we'll get the segment later on in the show, uh, Cody gets beaten down by the Dark Order. Dustin gets beaten down by the Dark Order. They show up, and first thing they do is just have a match. Uh, it just that yeah. seemed that seemed kind of kind of strange to me. But uh, I wondered if you guys noticed this. I wondered if you noticed this. What's when up? We got when we got to best friends, and you know I want the world for best friends. Yeah, you love them. Love them to death. I think they should be champions. But Jericho said something interesting on commentary that I had to know. He said. They're not best friends. They would stab each other in the back for a paycheck. You wait and see. Ah. It was, a, it was a quick. You think a turn's coming? I, I don't know. But, you know, it was a very quick thing that was put in there. And for a guy who's facing Orange Cassidy at, at All Out, I, I, I don't know. I, I think we might be seeing something. Chucky was holding on to that knee. Reports are maybe it was real. Uh, that that injury, I don't know. Maybe they're going different ways. Huh. Huh. It would break huh. my heart. Interesting. Yeah, I think we need to we need to let the Cassett Club Nation know about something. We saw the best friends reunite. We yes. were all there for the best friends. We we were at the Honor for All pay per view, Ring of Honor, July twenty eighteen. I think it was July. Yeah. Yeah. Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville Municipal Auditorium, one of the southern meccas of professional wrestling. Man. It was, it was, yeah, it was right before uh, All In, yep. and we went there. But, yeah, we saw the best friends come back together How about that? in Nashville. How about that? Side note, anyway. Um, all right, so Young Bucks advance uh, past Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. Um, or as Jericho says, QT Marshall. Marshall, yeah, exactly. Uh, so they go on uh, – Pretty good match, I thought, between Young Bucks and Best Friends. Uh, there were some, uh, some really cool um, moves, I think, in there. But the big setup in that match was the ending. Yep. Right? Yep. So the ending is um, they're setting up for the Meltzer driver. I think it was, uh, I think it was Chuck who was up being held on to, ready to go in the tombstone position. With Nick, Matt is about to propel himself off the top rope. And what happens? Hangman Page comes out of nowhere, grabs Nick's uh, or grab Matt's leg, 
doesn't allow him to pull off the Meltzer driver or whatever they're calling it now. And we're off to the races with that storyline. Uh, what'd you guys think about that? You know, it's kind of intriguing. I've been wondering for the longest time with this whole angle about Hangman's drinking problem, his relationship with Kenny, but they've also been teasing some interesting stuff with Kenny. So I don't know. I think AEW is getting really good at the swerves because every time I think I've got figured out what's going to happen, they throw something like this in the mix that completely changes my mind. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, Matt, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of with you. Like, this is I you know honestly I think this is we knew Kenny is the the best wrestler in the world, arguably. Yeah. The the Bucks best tag team in the world, arguably. Hangman, the future of pro wrestling. Um, in their respective areas they're now becoming the best storytellers yeah because this is a story with layers upon layers upon layers we saw the almost super kick we saw the hangman you know almost with with uh uh the buckshot at the end of their revolution of of their classic and we're getting here and i know you know AEW is great because they don't try to swerve for swerve's sake um like some other you know companies might but that this they're they're telling something special here and i wonder with kenny you know going slowly building this heelish turn yeah Eggman, you know on this other path i don't know if it's just as cut and dry as as we might think but uh i liked it you know i think it has to happen because we're getting to the to the big blow off um well it'll it'll be interesting to see I'm, i'm i'm excited yeah i mean i'm in i'm totally in on it i'm totally in on it and we will definitely see what will happen. Um, they uh, something big happens a little bit later in the show, but let's keep moving here, or else we're going to have a four-hour-long podcast. Um, so uh, the Young Bucks go up against FTR. FTR comes out with Tully Blanchard, which I love. I love Tully Blanchard out with them. I think he fits perfectly who he is, um, his attitude, his history, the type of wrestler he was. I think fits perfectly with FTR. I think that's that's obviously why they're all together. Um, and that ends with FTR beating the Bucks. So um, beating the best friends. Beating best friends. That's what I meant. Sorry. Beating best friends. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Bucks are already gone. Yeah, beating best friends. Um, it was a pretty good match. Um, but I think everybody kind of knew what was coming FTR. Versus, versus and they, 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 they didn't make us wait yeah. on it either. They kind yeah, of, yeah. it was, it was, we knew where we were going. Let's get there. Uh, RIP to Sean Spears, wherever you are, we remember you. Um, totally <laughs> might not, but uh, remember we you do. as you were. So enjoy. Uh, I think the last time you were on TV, besides dark, you were having like your pants ripped off. It's a tough way to go out. Um, you know, you've lost your manager, you've lost everything else. Rest in peace. Yeah, sorry, buddy. We'll uh, we'll see you down the line, I'm sure. And I think this is a good spot. I think this is a good spot to, you know, we were just talking about Kenny and Hangman and what may be coming with that. I got to wonder, we've talked about this offline, how this is going to play into the teases we're getting from FTR about additional members and how this is going to go. So I got to wonder how the Kenny and Hangman storyline devolves and how it may merge with FTR down the road. Yeah. Michael's got his theories, right? I've got many. 
I've got many. Yeah. I, listen, I want the cleaner. I want heel Kenny. Dude, he I'm, is at his best when he is in that those those aviators and that black coat. I have been I've been with you on this on this train. We're 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 together on this, and and I think I gotta think that's where we're going. At least something something like it. Like enough with the video game music, whatever that is. Enough. Get that out of here. Enough. Get I want the the screeching cellos or whatever it was before his New Japan his New Japan days. Man, that was just like, whew. That was good. That was good stuff. I gotta think they gotta be going back to something like that, right? I, I mean, I just I want it so bad. If maybe, maybe that's what they're doing. They're making making us want it. If it's up to me and I got the pencil, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm saying uh, that we, well, we'll spoil it because, uh, you know, everybody's seen the show. We don't have to, like, you know, go yeah, recap. Yeah, go for but it. That's fine. Hang, let's let's hang, talk about it now. Right. Hangman is kicked out of the elite. Kicked right? out. He He's gone. gone. He's so gone. I, I think, you know, in this next, in the go-home show, we see Kenny and Hangman devolve, right? And it drives Kenny crazy. His whole thing with uh, Kota Ibushi was that it was friendship, right? It was the golden lovers. It was friendship that put him over the edge to be able to get the IWGP champion. And now the elite, this friendship is gone. It's broken. It drives him crazy. Yeah. And he's fighting with Matt and Nick. He's fighting with Hangman. They can't coexist. They lose the titles. And so you know what Kenny does? He goes back home he goes to his best friends he goes to the true elite it was only three of them that's all they ever need they killed adam cole they kicked out uh uh, uh flip and and cody when it needed to happen they left the bullet club because it was always about the elite they formed back up and you know what he'll be you go on a tear because they haven't uh, the bucks haven't been champion kenny yeah he's been tag champion but he hasn't been the world's champion he hasn't that's not been, what he wants that's not yeah, what he wants that's not what he wants that's not him you know, get Koto Ibushi, Golden Lovers. They can do that. That's not what Kenny does. So it's time for them to set the world on fire. Hangman, you get with FTR. Bam, Tully, Arn, three horsemen, four horsemen, five horsemen, whatever you want to do. Bring in Sean Spears, Resurrection. Hey, I'm, I'm fine with that too. And together, you know, we get what pro wrestling is at its best. When it's, when it's at its best, faction warfare. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm with you. Matt, do you have any thoughts on that? Because yeah, I've got a couple, but I want you to go ahead. Well, no, I'm glad you mentioned faction warfare because as you all were talking, I was thinking back to the Monday Night Wars. And for me, that was what made it so great was you had DX. You had, you know, the click backstage. You had the NWO. Nation of Domination. Nation of Domination. You still had the, the four brood, horsemen running around. The, the I mean, Ministry of Darkness. That was... That was what I think drove it. You had the Sting Hogan storyline in, in WCW, and you had, uh, pers- you know, the Attitude Era with Stone Cold and the Rock and all that. But it was the clicks or the uh, factions for me that drove it. And I think you guys are exactly right. If we can get back to that, it's going to blow up. Yeah. I, so, Michael, I think you and I have talked about this. Matt, I'm sure you were <laughs> in on this conversation too. What if it's not Hangman? That's with FTR. But then who would it be? What if, what if, man, I don't know. I just, what if, what if Hangman has to be alone for a while? What if he has to be the rogue? What if it's, they need a leader 
right? I don't this really. Kind of, you're going down a lot that Sting storyline where he gets ostracized and goes off and then comes back and he's this mysterious vigilante solo leader bringing back WCW. Cowboy rides alone, man. Cowboy rides alone. No. But then who would join FTR? Yeah. Kenny? Oh, come on. <laughs> what? I'm trying to think of – so I was listening to the, the Jericho podcast with – Whoa, whoa, Arn, we're plugging our competitors here? No, no, no. With Arn <laughs> – yeah, right. Yeah, with Arn and Tully. Great and episode. They, they were talking about – right, it was a great episode. We can show other people love. It's not like <laughs> – we're not trying to get the rub off anybody. Um, they were talking about the, the formation and, like, the different pieces of the Four Horsemen, and it was like – the champion leader, the up and coming young stud. And then it was left with like the tag team, right? So you had uh, like, so you had, you know, Arn and Tully, you had Rick as the, the champ leader. Woo. Right. And then you had, uh, was I guess Oli first or who was it first? Oli was first. Oli, and then after Oli was Lex, right? And he, o, Lex was like the new upcoming uh, young stud. He he looked like a million bucks. Uh, Couldn't work, but could work maybe possibly. But he looked great, and he would make a great TV champion. I'm just trying to think about like that formula. If that formula still maybe the formula doesn't work. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't work. Worked for Evolution. That yeah, right. Same mm -hmm. kind of deal. Yeah. Um, you had kind of the the young stud and, and Randy Orton. You had uh, Batista and, and Triple H, and then you had Ric Flair. Obviously, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm I'm along for the ride. I'm going to be happy with whatever happens. I think um, just because I'm digging the story, and they'll have to really pull something atrocious to make me not want it. But um, you mean like bring in Doink? That would be very difficult at this point. I think. <laughs> no, at this point, it would be like doink number 14 or whoever they're up to yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, we're excited about that that angle, as you can tell. But uh, you guys want to keep going? Let's keep moving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we to gotta right. keep moving here. We got to keep moving. I don't know. There's really a whole lot to say about the next one. Uh, it's Lance, Lance Archer uh, versus the Jobber. Lance Archer hey, obviously hey. destroys him. Everybody. On this? Everybody. Just wants me to stop talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody. Ah. Um, I, I do have to wonder, though, why they even bother putting the jobber's name in the fact it was his first AEW appearance, because likely it's going to be his last one, too. Well, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The one, the one interesting thing was when Taz came out with Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. I thought that was interesting. And then we got to run in from, from Darby Allen. I'd love to see Brian Cage and Lance Archer in a match. I think that'd be fun. I would love to not see Lance Archer. I'll just, I'll just <laughs> say that. Michael, not a big fan of Lance Archer. You got Jake the Snake there. Shut up and let him talk. Exactly. No, I'm with you. Hang on let, me, on, let me pull up my list here and scratch off his name from people we might invite on. <laughs> <laughs> Long list. <laughs> he is, he's out of here. He's out of here. <laughs> Um, one thing they're doing, the, the sad thing is he actually would be a perfect guest because he has a really strong, uh, Christian background. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's got <laughs> Calvary tattoo on his back. 
Good. Yeah, the boy uh, does he. Yeah, very largely. Um, one thing they're doing is they're setting up who all is going to be in the casino battle royal at All Out. Uh, so they're just kind of showing faces so you don't show up and it's like, oh, what is this? Um, all right, next we had the video package from Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa. Uh, Thunder Rosa coming from NWA. I think this is a really cool thing. What do y'all think about the NWA connection? I love it. I, I'm all I'm all in on. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step all over you there, Michael. I'm I'm all in on this. I just I love this match. Uh, I love the crossover with NWA because it brings in an opportunity for some great cross promotion matches. Which mm -hmm. you know, you look at in the old days, NWA and New Japan, for instance, did some great stuff together. And I think this, if Billy and Tony can. Uh, keep this up and do these great cross promotion matches. I think it's great. And I think this, this uh, title match at all out, is going to be an awesome one. I, uh, I was, so I have for a long time, and I think it said to you guys that I thought, you know, one of the hallmarks of AEW was they were going to change the world. We were going to do business differently. We we're going to have cross promotional stuff. That was one of the things I, and I wanted to see it for so long. We get the triple A titles and that was cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad to see, that at least the NWA, it, it's not just a one-off, right? It's not like they just poached, you know, Starks, Kingston, and uh, their women's champion, because Billy Corgan obviously was there. They were using the footage. Uh, the, the, truth, the truth of it is, like, I'm sure it's going to be a great match. I'm glad that they're doing it. Uh, I, want, I want the belt in AEW. Yeah. I want to see that belt. Cody... The world's you know, championship. You, you got to think it's coming, right, at this point? I, I'm desperate for it. I'm desperate for it. And truly, like, that's the thing I, I, I love most. Uh, I think that, that we could value most out of getting out of the, the NWA. Because let's face it, AEW doesn't need the NWA. But it's awesome that they're doing it. And the story behind that title, the story behind Aldis and Cody, uh, yeah, who wouldn't want more of that? I saw it at All In, and it was it – was, incredible and it would be amazing to see it on on wednesday nights here's the problem here's the rub with that i think that could possibly be the hold up and you guys tell me if i'm wrong but i don't think i'm wrong <laughs> if you bring their title in does it devalue or dilute the value of the aew title okay especially if especially if um if, you know, I mean, it carries all the weight of, of the legacy of the NWA world's title, right? I mean, think of all the people who have had it, right? Everyone oh, yeah. from Ric Flair to R-Truth to, I'm just kidding. No, anyway, <laughs> I mean, think about it. 37-time, 24-7 title holder, R-Truth. I think he's up to like 42-time champion or something. <laughs> anyway, did you, does that make sense? I mean, that, yeah. that's the one the one problem you got to worry about because especially if someone like if Co like say we get a we get an Aldis Cody three right at you know next year's Revolution or whatever whatever it is, and Cody wins it, well, which championship now is more important? Now, now, I've thought about this. Well, I'm sure you have. Let's hear it. So this is what you do. This is, this is what you do. To, to, to bring both of our worlds together here, right? The NWA title, I have long said, you know, every day I say this, is like the Holy Spirit. Stay with me. Stay with me. <laughs> In, it only took you know, us, what, 25 minutes to get into theology and wrestling? 
<laughs> right, right. <laughs> this idea of something called apostolic succession. Succession, the, yeah. The, the Holy Spirit from, from the apostles all the way down to our bishops of the day carry with them this long line. And from it is birthed uh, these churches that are in line. So too it is with the NWA title. A legitimate wrestling organization must have, in my opinion, some association with the NWA title huh. within its uh, borders to be in line as the one true pro wrestling organization family. But here's what you do. Here's how you get around it. Whew. Yeah. If, if somebody has the NWA title and AEW, yeah. it's obviously more important than the AEW title. Just this. Legacy, everything else. So what you do is you go the New Japan route where you put title for title on the line. And I don't, again, we can talk, this is probably a thing for another episode. I don't think it should be Moxley. But I think you put the NWA title up against the AEW title, winner take all. Whoever wins it, you know, theoretically it'd be an AEW guy because NWA doesn't have a show right now, holds both of those things, right? They are the champion and the, the rub of the NWA title is given to that AEW title because it's truly one world champion. It's, he's, it's the best. There's no conversation of any other belts because these are, these are it and they've got it. Then at some point, uh, you got to get the title off him. He defends the AEW title one night uh, in the same night that he defends the NWA title. Obviously, you know, maybe he loses them both. Maybe he only loses one uh, because he's so tired from the first match. And then you can kind of go your separate ways. But either way, at coming out of that, right, the, the storyline is the AEW title means more to me than any other title in the world. I've held both of them. Uh, you know, I've been champion of both, and I know that this is what it's all about. And, you know, frankly, the NWA is in a, in a, is in a position where they need their title shown. So I think they would be willing in any circumstance to put that uh, on TV uh, in a storyline like that. And I have to wonder, I wonder if maybe somewhere in this, this is the way we get Cody back in the title picture, because you remember way back at the beginning of AEW when he lost the championship match to Jericho, the condition was he could never wrestle for the title again. Right. But if he comes at it through the NWA title uh. and you win both, does that allow Cody to find the loophole to get him back in the title line? Tricky tricks. I like yeah. it. That's more booking, folks. Yeah, and 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 I think I think if we do introduce the the NWA World's title, I think Cody has Cody all over it, right? That's I mean, that's with his own legacy, you know. He's and he, plus he's already won it once. Um, I think I think he's the to me. I think he's the only one who has the clout, the legit clout to hold it right now, mm. right? Um, I mean, maybe you could say Dustin, but Dustin is not a top guy right now and, and, and all that. And, I don't know, think Dustin's in it for titles anymore. I think no, it's just... he's not. He's, he's there to, to teach and to, to help bring guys up and to... And to tag with QT Marshall. To tag with QT Marshall. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I, I worry about... Because this is the conversation they're going to be having in, in the boardroom is, you know... 
if we bring it here, is it worth more? Does it make us worth more or does it dilute our own titles? Because, you know, at the end of that point, what does the, the TNT title become? Well, I have thoughts on that. Uh, do you want to save that for another time? We'll save that. We'll save that. Because I we'll think we can talk. We get to the dark order. Yeah, let's let's talk about this later. Um, okay, so um, I'm a title guy. What do you want from me? I I like it. I like it. So we're we're pumped about Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa. I like both of them. I think it's going to be a phenomenal match. I'm excited about this one. Oh man, the next one. The next segment was MJF and John Moxley contract signing. I'm going to go ahead and give you my thoughts just because they're, they're pretty short, but a couple of thoughts. MJF, man, he's so good. He's so good. And I think I have a feeling that, that he's going to, he's going to take the title at all out. I think he's going to, I think he's what? Yeah. That's my bold prediction. That's my bold prediction. Uh, Did you guys see, I thought it was so hilarious. Did you guys see, you know, he had a Walker. Did you see that? Yeah. You see, he had like the tennis balls on the bottom of him. Yeah. <laughs> and then still almost fell down the steps walking to the ring. I thought it was so funny. So funny. He, the way that they've set this match up, he said it in his promo. You know, I'm, I'm a wrestler. I follow people like, you know, Tully Blanchard and, and all the people that he named. I forgot who else he named. But he also, he said, you follow people like Sandman and, uh, O'Neill and all these and New Jack, right? He, we got a New Jack shout out. And New Jack goes, I follow wrestlers, you follow hot garbage, basically. So we're, we're setting up that aspect of the match, I think is really cool. Um, I don't know, I think MJF's gonna take the title at, at all in. I mean, at all out. I think that's, I think it's gonna happen. That's my bold prediction. What do you guys think about this match or about this segment, at least? You know, a couple of things about this. First of all, I love the fact that Moxley was so hot on the fact that, you know, you sign this contract, that's great. It allows me to be creative. And I'm sitting here wondering what a creative Moxley could look like. Is he going to pull out, you know, I'm picturing him doing stunners or rock bottoms or, you know, hurricane runners or whatever. Uh, I think it's a great ad. I don't know that him wrestling the attorney adds anything to it. I think that was just kind of a wasted addition. Yeah, I agree. I don't think, here's my bold prediction. I think it goes DQ because I think you've got the making of a great rivalry here and I'd hate to have a shot on one title match. So I would think my guess is a DQ of some sort or something where MJF's got a legitimate gripe and they can come back and bring in the rematch clause and kind of keep this going a bit. I hate for it to, you know, Moxie's had some great matches, but they've all been one-offs and I want to see a nice feud built up that kind of carries a bit like the old school feuds. Matt, sense. Matt, I hear you. I hear you, but I, I want you to know that you're okay now. You're free. You're not watching the World Wrestling Entertainment <laughs> Corporation. <laughs> AEW doesn't pull that kind of garbage where your main event ends in a DQ and a run-in from you know from the Lucha, the Lucha House Party all of a sudden. No, I, 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 you know, I, that would make sense, and that would be the easy answer. But we ain't in New York; we're in Jacksonville. That's right. And uh, and so I do think we'll get a clean finish because let's face it; they haven't been afraid to put put down uh, Brody, put down uh, Brian Cage. I mean, you know, they they find ways to to keep people looking strong. And I don't know; maybe it involves Wardlow. 
you know? Maybe it's a, an inerrant shot by Wardlow that takes out MJF, and we see that split finally happen. Mm. I wouldn't mind MJF winning. I don't think that – I don't think he's there yet. I would like – I would like the belt to get off of Moxley because I don't know that he is the AEW champion. I think he's the perfect FTW champion. Yeah, you've said that, yep. But that's, uh, that's, that's a conversation for when we get into more titles. I don't know. I just – I have a feeling. I, have, I, I, have I wouldn't a hate feeling. it. Wouldn't hate I, it. I mean, I just think he's, his character is so strong right now. He's got everything. He's got everything. I mean, think about how a a good heel run for for an AEW champion could be. You could build up some more face face competitors. I mean, to people to chase MJF, he's he's the cocky, arrogant, perfect on the microphone, great wrestler. He checks every single box. He checks every single box. But I don't know. We'll see. I would, I would, I, I'm torn on that, but, but I, I think that's my bold prediction for all out that MJF wins. I like so to think of a bold prediction. Well, with all the great things you just identified about MJF, and I agree with all of them, why do we need this huge entourage? I mean, I'm sorry, what is that creepy Stepford wife-looking woman that just stands in the background and smiles? Smiles. He smiles the whole time. <laughs> or, the two guys, or the two guys holding the ring ropes because he's injured and can't get in the ring. I mean – if he does have these great mic skills and great wrestling ability, why an entourage? I thought he was great with just Wardlow. That's because he's heel. a perfect heel. That's, That's the heel. Why. Yeah, That's you got you got to heal it up, baby. You got to get because you're get asking heel. the question. That's it. That's it. You everything you said is why it works. That's you right. got to get a heel entourage. I'm sorry, and these folks that he's got hanging around, I don't think are. It's more like he met three people in the parking lot and hey, come in and hang out for two hours on the show. <laughs> yeah, and I, he, I would. And he's, and I he's would. probably and he's probably paying him. That's <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like that's probably what it is. I I love it. I'm a big MJF fan. Ugh, love it. All right, next match is the eight man tag match, which honestly, I could have uh, I could have left. You know, whatever. It is what it is. They. I, they got some new faces on TV and showcased some people. We we I don't guess. we don't need to talk about it a lot. I just yeah. want to say this: uh, the Lucha Bros, in my opinion, are the best tag team in all of the world. Yep, absolutely. And they do not need one. They don't need Eddie Kingston. Two, they don't need the Butcher and the Blade. Bingo. Uh, they should be doing what their their own thing. And also, found this out because uh, I thought I had an inkling, and I was like, I remember this. Eddie Kingston was the leader of LAX with Santana and Ortiz. What really? are we doing in Impact? What are we doing here? We, what are we doing? <laughs> so that's all I, I got to say about that. All right, we can keep going. I, I will say I'm, I'm glad to see Brian Pillman out there. He has been busting his hump in the Indies for years, uh, and I think his hard work's paying off and, you know, I can understand kind of the loss in the first one because it plays into the story going into the battle royal or battle royale, depending on who you listen to. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's just great to see Pillman and AEW. Michael, if I can go back to one thing you ju- you said about Butcher and Blade being with the Lucha Bros, I'm with you. I I think I think Lucha they're my favorite tag team in the world right now. I I just think they're fantastic. Um, I think definitely that team of the 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 foursome of them and Butcher and Blade, it ain't for them. It's for Butcher and Blade. 100%. Um, and 
I don't also, know. I think, I think Butcher and Blade would be lost in the shuffle if they weren't attached right now to to Penta and, and Ray Phoenix, I think. But I don't know. Can I, man, that match, the, there was – I have in my notes, I have Pentagon small package pile driver on the apron on Janela. OMG. You know, and, and gosh, man, Janela needs more shine. Like, the stuff that that guy is willing to do – yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he's not like featured in a Darby spot. I mean, the like he's always put it on the line. I I, I like Janela. Yeah, I, mm, mm. tough one. All right. Any any other any other comments on that? No. Yeah, I, I <laughs> no. I just one thing I was thinking too afterwards after the match where they were talking about all five of the guys uh, are going to be in the the battle royal. I mean. Why do you need to keep having these factions that you're trying to build? And I know they're going to work it out of the match, but why do you need to have all these factions that you're trying to build cluttering up the battle Royal? And then suddenly you're, it's almost like you're undercutting what you're trying to build. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. No, no, I'm with you. I also don't love that the battle Royal decides like who gets a world title shot. Like yeah. the rankings, the rankings do that. Like let's lead into the rankings, but I guess, you know, everybody needs a payday and got to be on, on TV, but whatever. I mean, Battle Royals is, a, is one of the best way to just get people paydays, right? It's the yeah, best way yeah. to get people screen time. Uh, and, you know, and if no other reason than that, that's, that's what it's good for. Um, all right. The moment Michael has been waiting for, the Dark Order segment is next. We had a Dark Order come out. It was kind of weird at the beginning. One of them pretended to be Cody in a casket. That was super weird. I wasn't really following. I mean, I guess I knew what they were trying to say, but it Still didn't really work for me. Um, I don't know what y'all thought about that, but uh, Brody was on a tear. He was on a tear. Brody Lee just yelled the whole time in his promo, basically, <laughs> and said there'd be no more open challenge. None of you indie schmucks are going to be here to to take me on. I'm not allowing that. Uh, blah, 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 blah. What did you guys think about that? And I got one comment before we wrap up here, but y'all go ahead. You know, I, I, I got to admit, I like hearing Brody unleashed, especially if you watch Being the Elite. Uh, <laughs> he's way unleashed on there. But I love the fact we're getting to see a side of him we never got to see uh, in the other federation. Uh, well, you mean he he's talking, actually? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not just entire sentences. I got to tell you, I'm jumping ahead. My favorite part of this, though, wasn't so much the Dark Order. It was when everybody else that Cody had faced in the TNT open challenge came out, this is a great new faction I can buy into. I think this is going to be a great thing. And that's, that's what I'm getting ginned up about. You think they're going to be a faction? I don't know. If, I think it'll be a faction of convenience. I don't see it oh. lasting long. I think they'll run a feud with dark order, but. Okay. You're wrinkling my brain. So yeah, it was, it, I remember it was Matt. It was Scorp. It Dustin, was Dustin the QT. All of those guys for the TNT title? Not everybody. I'm, I overstepped there. He, he didn't. He didn't face Dustin, but I think he faced everybody else. I oh, no no I, no. He didn't face Matt Cardona. He never faced Matt Cardona. He didn't. Mm -mm. No. So when I said all, I meant two. He tag well, teamed with Matt Cardona, but Matt Cardona came to save him. That was his. That was his debut. Well, well here's the thing. Here's the thing, Matt. You just booked a way better story than than what we just got. Yeah, I, I think actually, you're right. I actually really like that idea, and I'm gonna 
figure out how I would write that story. <laughs> that a boy, that's Matt. All, that, that, that's exactly what they should have done. Wow. Catholic, Catholic Club is available for hiring, uh, yeah. for writing, <laughs> writing teams for your professional wrestling. I think, it's, yeah, I, think it, I think his Twitter feed, if you want to tag him, is at Tony Khan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's, that's interesting. I that's that would have That would have been good. Here's, here's so I, I've been waiting on this because I've, I got a lot of feelings. Yeah. So the, the, the casket thing, I think, was about the meme, you know, where everybody's dancing with the casket. So I think that's what they were doing there. But uh, – Okay, that's fine. I know, why? I know. Why? Why, right? Uh, if you don't watch Being the Elite, you didn't get that segment. Because the whole thing with the lawnmowers and, like, what vehicles did you buy? Like, if you don't watch Being the Elite, you're like, what the heck is going on here? That's um, my problem, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. Well, and, and so here's the struggle that I have had. I did not like the Dark Order when they first came on. Yeah. I was like, everybody else, who are you? Yeah. Who are you, weird people? Then, <laughs> then they won me over. Join the Dark Order. We'll be better. We're this cult. This is crazy. I was in. I'm like, who's gonna? Who's the leader? Who's yeah. the whatever? And you know, it seems like the original plan, which I think we we confirmed, uh, first reported by Casa Club, that it was supposed to be Marty Skrull. That was their idea. You think so? I, I I'm pretty sure I've I've read that that was the original plan. Wow. That he was uh yeah he was the leader. And it seems like when he decided to stay in Ring of Honor, that they chose, obviously, Harper and, uh, uh, sorry, Brody Lee, and, um, and brought him in. He became, you know, the face of this thing. And immediately, there was a shift in who mm. the Dark Order was. And I did not like it, because I just got on board with him. And then we're in BTE and we're seeing the funny stuff. We're seeing the jokes. He's hitting people with newspapers. So I'm, I'm trying to make the shift with them uh, to, the, to the more funny, gimmicky, like, hey, there's a bunch of losers, but they're, like, you know, banding together. And also, like, they're winning now yeah. somewhat. And, like, Cole Cabana's there for some reason. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm liking it. But my original thought was, like, yeah, and the TNT Open Challenge. Open Challenges – are interesting for like three weeks and then it's over. It was cool to have like, who's he going to face? And it's all these indie guys. Awesome. Actually, I liked that part, but I, you just knew that he wasn't going to lose the title. Right. So I think it's good that they're ending that era. And I thought initially that it was like, Brody Lee wants the TNT title because now he can uh, recruit people using TNT, right? He's got an hour or he's got 10 minutes, 20 minutes every Wednesday night to build the dark order and reach out and, but that's, they're, they're losing the culty aspect of the, of the thing. So I don't know where they're going with it. Uh, I'm interested to see, I like you guys. I, I like Brody Lee uh, and what he's doing, but yeah, it's, it's thrown me for a loop. And I wonder if anybody else has like seen the shifts and is like me where we're going, where are we? What are we doing here? I'm not seeing the shifts, but you mentioned the name, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, but when Brody had everybody in the ring and he was screaming at the ref to raise everybody's hands and all this jazz, uh, and then he introduced the newest member of the family. I don't know if you noticed that Colt started to walk forward, but then he introduced Anna Jay, and Colt just kind of oh, shrugged, and, and the entire time in the ring, Colt was off by himself in the corner, so... I'm like, you guys, why the heck? I mean, Colt Cabana, what the heck is he doing with this? It doesn't fit. But I don't wonder if they've got something in mind where 
because he doesn't fit. He plays a role somewhere, maybe joining with um, Cody and that gang and <laughs> the Colt Cabana faction. Yeah. <laughs> or he's with Cody somehow. He just gets turns off and sides with the other guys in this short feud with them. But it is interesting. Watch where Colt is uh, the next couple of weeks and see how he's in relation to where everybody else is in the ring or on the stage. Colt Cabana's funny, man. He, he's been really funny in this whole thing. Just his character of like, okay, I guess I'm in the dark order. Maybe I don't know what this is. I'm going to follow along anyway. But they did try to recruit someone new. Uh, if you saw uh, Ty Conti. I think they uh, succeeded, right? Yeah, yeah, Ty Conti. So, uh, and I think she's great. I thought she was great in, in NXT, uh, but she got, I think she got released with all the pandemic rele releases, right? Didn't she? Um, uh, she's, I think she's, she's a really good wrestler uh has a brazilian brazilian jiu-jitsu kind of background um with her but um they were really kind of you know maybe they were that segment was for colt cabana but I, I thought they were really doing a good job to try to pump up and put forward anna J and uh and take conti i think i think that's really cool uh, jericho kept calling her taya like taya valkyrie uh <laughs> by accident uh but it's, her name is not Taya at all. And Taya Valkyrie actually tweeted about it. She thought it was really funny. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, – who knows? I'm intrigued by the Dark Order. I'm intrigued. Um, all right, so the next segment uh, – we're going to keep moving. The next segment was uh, was the like Young four Bucks. four seconds. Yeah. Oh, was, no, no, no. Sorry, that was the Young Bucks. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm, the I'm, Young Bucks. The Young Bucks uh, confront Hangman at the bar – they say, you're just a drunk, right? All that stuff. And then they, boom, kick him out of the elite. Uh, Hangman looks really sad. He tries to follow them out. They hear the door smash. He hears the door smash. And all you see in the camera is Hangman's face with a shattered mirror uh, enclosing his face, which I was like, oh, okay. They're getting cinematic on us a little bit. <laughs> uh, did y'all notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah, I'm a... I'm, uh... I thought there was a little bit of overacting on the Jacksons part about how I was just trying to hold on to something since last November that maybe wasn't real. I think that was a little bit overdone, but uh, again, we were talking earlier. I don't know where this is going to go with the, the Kenny and Hagman storyline and who's going to end up where, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of intrigued by it. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we pretty much covered it, but yeah, yeah. I think uh, glass half full glass half empty or glass broken, you know, it's uh, it was, I, it, they're, they're, they're the best, they're the best. They're the best in the business. Yeah. They're telling a great story. Uh, I'm in for sure. Um, you guys ready for the next one? Next Let's one go. was uh, Big Swole versus Rebel and Penelope Ford. Not a good match. I, 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 have, I have nothing to add. I, I fast forwarded. I, I got like three minutes in. I, I, I can't do no, it. No, no, no. The best part of the whole match was, well, first of all, there are two, two parts. The commentary team kind of made fun of them for how they started because it was a, they had like a botch right at the beginning, right when the bell rang and they like fell. And JR said something like, Oh, I guess the bell scared them or something. Or I don't know. Um, it was a really kind of funny comment. Um, but the the best part was Britt Baker. Oh yeah, you got I, I second that. Yeah, she was hilarious. She she's doing the Michael Jordan thing, right? She had the freaking like Horace Grant mask where like covering like plastic covering his face. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I thought that was so funny. She's great. So now that Big Swole, Big Swole wins and she gets to 
face Britt Baker whenever she chooses. So that was about it for that. Um, do, do we think that's having it all out? Because that was the initial thought. Yeah. She would, she would make it by then. But it's got to, right? I mean, all that's her biggest pay-per-view, right? But I wonder if she's healthy. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll or, does see. It play to, or does it play into a storyline where she fakes that she's still hurt just to try and get out of doing the match? Mm. Yeah, could be. I don't truth, know. Be to- truth be told, the match could have not happened. They could have just had Britt come out and sit ringside. It would have been a good segment for me. That's true. <laughs> Matt's, a, Matt's a Britt fan. He likes the dentist. Um, yeah, baby. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. Um, let's keep going. Um, R.I.P. Adam Cole. R.I.P. Adam Cole. Um, so the next uh, was the main event for the evening. It was Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a tables match. Um, they, I, so you, the, obviously you have to win by driving your opponent through the table. Mm-hmm. They went through a lot of tables. So many. And, and in like so many. minutes. It was like two seconds long. But none of them – like it was never anybody driving their opponent through the table. It was them missing and driving themselves through the table. Yeah. And uh, it was a lot, lots of blood. I have lots of blood, lots of misses. Um, Sammy had a nasty, did you see the gash on the side of his head? Oh yeah. That's a 20 stitch. Oh my gosh. Brutal. These guys are just like, so how how did that, I I missed how that happened. Cause it like was during the commercial break. Uh, was that a receipt from Matt for the chair or I have, I have no idea. I don't I know. Texted, I texted my buddy and he said, cause he watched live and he said that it might've been when like Sammy went through one of the table misses and, and then it happened after that. But surely not. Surely that was like, well, I think it was an accident because, because, you know, if, if it's, uh, if they're going to intentionally blade or something, they're going to do it on the front. Right. But this was on his, like on the side, like right here. So it had to have been an accident. Was, and it was deep. Know. It was deep. It was, it was a gash. It was a gash. I had uh, one of my last note I had on here was OMG, the swinging neck breaker on the, with chair. the chair around Sammy's neck. Oof. Oh my. Oof. <laughs> right? Oof. What are y'all's thoughts on this match that you hadn't said already? Why isn't that on? Why wasn't that on at all out? I mean, that was a blow-off match. Why was this on Wednesday night? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that, that was my only thought is, like, this is – I'm sure this is a great match and it's doing some crazy stuff, but, like, why are we – why isn't this, you know, one of, our, one of our shots? So, I don't think it is a blow-off. I think they're going to have one more. I mean, what can they do to top it? Dude was bleeding out to the side of his head. He tw- – twist of fate on the steel chair. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, maybe I, they can. I, I just, I don't know. I got to give kudos to Hardy for putting him over. Yeah. I mean, I think Hardy's still got some years left in him, but uh, yeah, big shout out for putting Sammy over like that. Yeah. Matt Hardy's doing his job for sure. And he's creating this kind of another kind of extreme um, star. I mean, Sammy Guevara, I think was already a star. He has, he has all the acrobatics. He has the athleticism. He, he's got the mouth. He's got the charisma, I think. Um, I think this is kind of maybe helping shape another part of him that he can uh, take that on. 
going forward, the extreme part, the more uh, extreme wrestling side of things. I don't know. I, I it was. Um, you think getting one winged angel off a stadium wasn't extreme enough? <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every just about every time I've out loud been watching all right every time i've been watching aew and out loud said oh my god it has involved sammy getting hit with something yeah i mean (laughs) right i mean i said this one the the twist of fate with his chair around his neck the one-winged angel off the side of the jacksonville jaguar stadium uh him getting hit by a golf cart i mean good lord that's, he, got, that's, he got gas there too, didn't he? Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about AEW, right? Like, they got a murderer's row, and then they got a junior varsity, if you even want to call them that, that's, like, just as good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All hey, right, well, we, what, what, less than a year. Can you believe that? Less than a year. Less than a year. Ah, oh, unbelievable. What were you going to say, Mike? Well, I was, well, was going to say you know, two things. One, yeah, less than a year. And I remember the conversation we had a year and a half ago. We were – I mean, we – texted or uh, tweeted into another uh, podcast. What if uh, Jericho and the Bucks are forming this, their own new federation and the host are like, yeah, whatever. Uh, and here we are. But you know, when you got Hogan throwing the big show off the roof in their pay-per-view years ago, you we, set the we bar can high. Them, we can give them a shout out. Bell to Bell Radio. We Bell to Bell Radio. Out. Awesome. They've, awesome podcast. They've been good to us. They've been good to us. Is it, is it the Bucks of Jericho or is it Y2 Jackson? Oh, is it? <laughs> Who knows? What is it? We don't know. We don't know. Um, yeah, that, that was a nasty match. You got to think they're going to have another one, right? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what, they, what the next step is. I mean, is it a ladder match? Is it a Judy Bagwell on a forklift match? What is it? I don't know what's happening. I don't know. Remember when Matt Hardy had to retire because his like pelvic muscle was like falling off or something, and he and he could only do one more mania. Yeah, I mean he looks he looks like he's he says he's not in pain when he's doing all this, but he he looks stiff. Like when he's working on the like at the beginning of matches, if he's not diving through tables, it looks like like his lower body doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know. I'm no doctor, that's for sure. No, that's Britt Baker. That's Britt Baker. DMD, Doctor Baker, DMD. Um, All right, so should we should we head up north with opinions, or or maybe even a little south to Orlando? Well, the the final thing, the the, the final end of that after that match, out of nowhere, Orange Cassidy. Well, it's not really out of nowhere. They they played his music, but uh, Orange Cassidy comes in and attacks like a brutal attack on Jericho at the commentary booth, um, setting up for their uh their mimosa mimosa in, mayhem what mimosa is it? mayhem is that mimosa what it is? mayhem yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen there but i'm all in on orange cassidy everybody knows <laughs> that um i really wish they had just done like a randy orton kind of thing where they to end the show they go back to the commentary table and say we we're so glad you joined us here Tonight, blah, blah, blah. And then out of the shot and out of nowhere, here's Orange Cassidy. Instead of blasting his music and then – I don't. and the cameraman didn't even get the, the, the original yeah. attack. It was like Edge at the Royal Rumble. They didn't get, they didn't get the original attack that, that was the big explosion point. I, I feel like they should have just 
know, he should have just come out of nowhere like like Randy Orton. But I I wasn't producing a show, so. And you got to love Jr. for being outraged that all this is taking place at the commentary and his screaming at him to you know. Exactly. Exactly. Good old Jr. Yeah. All right, y'all. It. That's my buddy. You want to talk <laughs> about? Uh, yeah. Bye, bye, buddy. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's let's talk about uh, what else is going on in the wrestling world. We've got a couple things going on um, down in Orlando. Uh, NXT, of course, the big news coming out of NXT is after the match between Keith Lee and uh, Killer Cross. What's his carrying cross now? He's carrying cross at Takeover Thirty. Oh, he's carrying his cross, all right. Yeah, well, carrying cross gets injured apparently uh it was as bad as they thought he wins the he wins the title off of keith lee of course we know keith lee then gets called up to raw but he takes the title off of keith lee and immediately the next uh nxt which was tuesday so basically three days later he was a champion for three days and had to vacate his title because of his shoulder which sets up what i think and michael what you've said has the potential to be a match of the year candidate with a fatal four-way, um, uh, with who all is it? It's Finn Balor, it's Balor, Gargano, Champa, and Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole, baby, right? So I think you're right. I mean, this this seems like a takeover match, doesn't it? I mean, it seems like like a massive, massive match. Oh, and it's a one-hour Iron Man. I was trying to think of the stipulation. It's not just a regular match. It's a one-hour Iron Man match. Um, so it's going to be half their show, which is going to be incredible. Yeah, I think – so it's it's 100% – it should be a takeover match. It should have been yeah. the takeover 30 match. Yeah. Uh, but it's on a Tuesday night. It's unopposed by AEW, and it's a great chance to get some ratings. I mean, it screams – if you're an AEW fan – Check Come this watch out. Yeah. Come watch the leader of the Bullet Club versus the sort of leader of the Bullet Club who was killed by the Bullet Club. Uh, yeah. And watch two of your favorite indies in, um, you know, Gargano and, uh, and uh, Ciampa. Uh, you, you, like, you like tag teams. Remember these two? They're a pretty good one. Well, three uh, of the guys have won the championship already. Oh, yeah. Wait, Wait, Gargano, all four. All four. Yeah, all four. Oh, yeah. So all four of – that's right. So Finn Balor was an NXT champ before he got called up for his big run. Man, I mean, all four of them are former champs. They, but they're not, they're not pulling any punches here. They're not putting in a, you know, a Grimes or a whoever else. Um, but I'm, I'm a sucker for a tournament. And if there was ever a time where we could have got to a great fatal four-way tournament – this would have been it, lead it to the takeover. But I, you know what? They want some ratings. They want to be – they're unopposed from AEW. They want to, you know, show off a little bit. I get it. I well, they want it. a champion. They want someone to have the belt, I think. I think that's important for their big title. Matt, you have any thoughts on this one? I'll be brief now. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, You know, I've just uh, – I don't know. NXT is kind of hit or miss for me. So, admittedly, for everybody listening, I haven't spent as much time with it recently as – Maybe I should have, or I'm with you. I'm may with you. have, but uh, you know, I, you depending on else. depending on how this play, yeah, the ratings god Jericho, uh, you know, depending on how this plays out in the weeks ahead, I may jump back in. But right now, it's just not holding my interest. 
If if it was was not for uh, AEW being on Thursday, I I probably would have like glanced at what N, uh, NXT was doing, and so I happened to watch uh, and and saw this, and it's doing what they wanted to do. Like I want to watch it, and uh, it's on Tuesday, so it's unopposed. Um, so I will watch it. But uh, other than that, I would say I thought you know we talked about it, and it's obviously kind of old news now. But Pat McAfee, man. Pat McAfee. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee is a favorite of ours, and I thought he crushed it. And, uh, and, and you also, you know, speaking of commentators, how about Wade Barrett is back. Yeah, Bad News back. Barrett is the, apparently the, a new long-term uh, either play-by-play guy, and, and according to WWE's website, is back on the active roster. Yeah. So could we see a return of the leader of the Nexus in NXT? Could that have any tie to retribution? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I'm seeing all kinds of, all kinds of stuff. There was a report that there was, there was going to be a Nexus reunion at WrestleMania. Really? Yeah, before all the pandemic stuff. And actually, Bray Wyatt has tweeted at bad news barrett and said you here for the nexus reunion um jokingly uh because apparently that's canceled but i mean people have said retribution reminds them of nexus i wonder i wonder yeah man um there's a lot going on i'm with you man i haven't really been watching um if if i've been basically all all aw dynamite when they've been going head to head on wednesdays yep Um, yep and if like something cool happened, I would go back and and watch it on demand or something like that. Um, but I'm I'm definitely going to be watching this this match, uh, an hour long Iron Man match. It's going to be really good. Um, yeah, I'm pumped about it. So we talked about retribution. You want to you want to talk about the uh, the main roster? Some of the stuff going on in the main roster right now. We got a back to back weekends of WWE pay per views, which is. Stupid. Which is weird. Just, um, just like the Meltzer, old days. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> Meltzer apparently said, I think I read this in Twitter somewhere, that Meltzer said that Payback was supposed to be like a night two of SummerSlam. Why didn't they just do two nights of SummerSlam? Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. And uh, also, why, yeah. why wasn't SummerSlam on a battleship? I'm still wondering. <laughs> because Thunderdome, man. Because, hey, tell us, tell us about your. We had a Cassette Club appearance on the Thunderdome. So right, what was man. that like? I was on the Thunderdome. Uh, it was exhausting, is what it was. I can tell you that much. So, you had good they, seats, though, did you? <laughs> for about for like twenty seconds. Row row two. <laughs> yeah, row two until I was nowhere to be seen. They kicked me out. Um, no, you put up a Chris Benoit sign, right? I did not. That was not me. Not do that. Um, So the whole process was exhausting, right? So you have to like sign up via email and then they, you get an email to say whether or not you were chosen or we in. So they give you this call time. So my call time was, uh, was 4.30, right? 4.30 central time. Well, the the pay-per-view didn't start. The pre-show started at 5.30, right? And the main show didn't start till six. So I'm, sitting whatever so what they do is it's basically just the what you're seeing on your computer screen is the feed that the network 
is showing. And then you're, you, you see yourself picture in picture and like a frame and a frame of like a, a shadow person or like a silhouette to where you're supposed, supposed to give you an idea of where your body should be in your frame so that you can clearly be shown on TV or whatever. And, and was the, the quality clear for both? Yeah, it was clear. I had problems and it was probably my side of the internet. Um, I had some, some lagging issues at first, they, it, not all the time, but it was, it was clear for a lot of it, but um, it was exhausting. I mean, I was more worried about where I was in my shot and like trying to look for myself on the, on amongst all the other fans. And I wasn't really paying attention. I got on, I was second row. I could see myself second row during the Apollo Crews MVP match. Um, and then halfway through the Bailey Oscar opener, I was just like, I, I can't do this. I'm out of rather have a cold beverage and watch it on the network, which is what I did. So I, I got off of there. Uh, so I had nothing to do with the Chris Benoit show up on the, on <laughs> so the you say. Day, but it was interesting because they had producers there was a producer who was giving the crowd and the Thunderdome crowd instructions. I don't know if y'all heard about this, but they would say, so when, um, when Bailey came out, they said, all right, everyone show your thumbs down. So you'll be on the screen, show your, th show your thumbs down. And, and we're, or we're showing thumbs down. We're showing thumbs down. So everybody wanted to do their thumbs down. So if you notice all the people who were like in the immediate front, like in the lower level, we're all doing what the producer was telling them to do. And it's like, all right, make a lot of noise for Asuka. Here comes Asuka. He's like cheering on, like telling people what to do for the face, telling people what to do for the heel, all of that stuff. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, but I don't know. I, if, you, if you're into that kind of thing, go for it. It was exhausting to me. I'd rather just sit and not worry about it. But yeah, there's nothing more natural than uh, all of a sudden a whole row of people going, oh, my thumbs are down now. Yeah, exactly. Thumbs are down. <laughs> but if, if Look at it next time. Look at people and when things are happening, you see people doing the same thing. It's because they're being instructed to do that. So. But, I mean, it's WWE's dream though, right? Like yeah, exactly. we finally get to control the reaction. And uh, when Roman Reigns comes out, we can – we, we won't hear any booze or uh, don't ruin the fiend or don't ruin the only thing we like in your company anymore. Right. You right. sound bitter. <laughs> no. Never. No. Um, so payback, there's like four matches. They, they did a rapid fire, four matches. I, I got to look up what the matches yeah, look, are. Someone I mean. look it up because it's, so I, I know one of them is the, the women's tag team titles. It's, it's um, Bailey and Sasha Banks uh, defending the titles against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Okay. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax um, made uh, they made an agreement that they would help each other. If, um, right, and they faced each other this week. Right. Well, they've, been at, they've been at each other. They've been attacking yeah. each other and hating each other. But Nia said, Which, "Hey, I, I want those titles." team with me and and let's do this and Shayna said well you gotta leave me alone if i do this and so right well which is which is like you know logical and um interesting booking right yeah leave me alone oh wait we're tag team champions oh we yeah. hated each other okay we'll we'll go ahead and just start teaming for these titles that makes well, sense i think this is only a vehicle 
for the Bailey Sasha breakup that's bound to happen. That's I think that's all all this is for. I think they're going to take the titles off of Sasha and Bailey, and there's going to be something is going to happen between them, and then they're going to fight. Yeah, I mean, I I get that, and that's like you you're telling that story, but you also have other stories in your company. Yep. Like remember, there was a time when WWE was telling multiple stories at one time. In fact, AEW is doing it right now. So it is possible. Uh, and it can be logical and interesting and not just, well, let's, let's roll out the, let's roll out these, these uh, wrestlers and figure it out later. I'll go for logical. Let's just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just do that. Matt, um, have you seen this? Have you been catching up with any, I don't, I don't know. What are your thoughts on the, Anything that's happening? Have you? Are you looking at the payback? The horse. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the payback card. Now. There's only four matches, I think, and which means they'll probably put four more matches after tonight's SmackDown. Well, well, here I'll give them to you right now. So we got yeah. Apollo Cruz versus yeah. Bobby Lashley for the U.S. title, which Whatever. which I have tried to fo- follow because they brought out the new U.S. title, but Apollo Cruz had the old one, and then they all went to the underground because they ran the underground. And, uh, and then that, like, like they left with the dancing girls and, uh, now, now who knows? Um, so then the next one is Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus Rollins, uh, and Murphy. Cause I'm pretty sure we haven't got enough of, of Dominic and Seth and eyes being pulled out. Uh, I'm going to, I gotta be more neutral. More eyeballs. More, neutral. more eyeballs. Yeah. More eyeballs. I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to give it hope. Ray, okay. This is one, this is Dominic what I'm excited is, about. Dominic has been good. I think he was good at his premiere. I thought so. I thought, I thought he was good. Yeah. Go yeah. Yeah. With this one, this one I actually think could be a good match. Uh, and I'm excited for is leg slap and Randy Orton versus Keith Lee. Good for them. Good for yeah. them. Putting Keith Lee into the, into a, a, a major storyline with, with a guy like Randy Orton. Hopefully he treats him right. Immediately. Yeah, yeah. That's what you want to see. And, you know, Keith Lee really is kind of like a homegrown NXT guy, right? He's not a, a, an indie darling that's, that's come through and, and uh, is now ready to be abused by the main roster. But uh, then you have the Universal Championship, The Fiend <laughs> versus Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman uh. in a no-holds-barred match, which... I am well. Which? How do you guys feel about it? How do you guys feel about this? Matt, go ahead. I've got my thoughts. Go ahead. Uh, I just, I know I'm about to be frustrated again because they're going to give the strap. I mean, they have not let the fiend run with it for any lengthy period of time. Roman is, and I may get uh, chastised for this. Roman is Vince's boy, no matter good or bad. Thumbs up, thumbs down. So I just see that they're going to put the strap back on Roman. I hate to say that. I, I don't want to see that, but they're going to put it back on Roman and just kill the ratings. I, I agree with you. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. But let me ask you this. We, you know, we were talking about the import earlier. We were talking about the importance of the AEW title, the importance of the NWA world title and what those two titles could mean in connection with one another. Is there a title in all of wrestling that means less right now than the universal title? No. 
I mean, I would say that means less. No. Right? Okay. There you go. Right. Here's here's the only thing that I would have said is the twenty four seven title, but. I've actually watched more 24-7 title changing hands <laughs> than I have of the Universal title and been entertained by it way more. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing. It has not stayed on anyone. You know, you know when it... Right? When it, when it, it was dead before it had a chance when they took it off Finn because he got hurt. Whew. You know, it was like, that Whew. was like a... Like, we should have known then that this thing was cursed. Yep. Yeah. And it's yeah. just stayed cursed. Well, I mean, they put it on Brock Lesnar for forever. And he ne- who's never around, so it's like it never got defended. Right. Everybody loved that. They never did anything to to add to you guys can't see my arms are like up in the air right now because I'm so uptight about this. But it hasn't meant anything since then. It's meant nothing, right? It has been some title that has been on some guy, not some guy. Brock Lesnar's a great wrestler and he's he's I think he's meant a lot to the company, but it has been on him and he had, he was, he wasn't around. It was never on TV. When Seth won it, he won it for a little while. And then the in comes the fiend and then the fiend has it for a while. And Which, everyone was like, the fiend doesn't need it. Why exactly. Does, why, does fiend, exactly. why does fiend have it? Why? And then what happened after that? Well, they gave it to Goldberg. And, and even at a even Saudi before- show. Even before then, it stopped being the universal title and was Bray Wyatt's mask face. Yeah. I was thing. at the SmackDown. I was at SmackDown when he, when he introduced it. It looked pretty cool in person because he wore it over his face and it was like a separate mask, but it was a dumb idea. It was another thing they could sell in the right. WWE shop for $500, right? <laughs> but, it, and so... It, they give it to Goldberg and you're like, well, obviously Goldberg is not going to have a long title run with this because he's retired. And he also took it off the fiend, which like ha- would had all the steam in the world. All right of then. All and, of then, and, and then just crushed him. And so then what happens at WrestleMania, what happens? I mean, I understand WrestleMania has a massive asterisk by it this year, but Braun Strowman wins in a squash match? I mean, he, he squashed Goldberg in three minutes or whatever it was. It was nothing. It was like four power slams and he was done. Ding, ding, ding. Now Braun Strowman has it. Well, what? And then I'm worked up. And then it's like, it was like everyone was a placeholder for Roman. Well, I guess Roman won it at some point in there. But then he had to vacate it when he. His reoccurrence of his leukemia. Yeah, I mean, it, man, it's Here's, just been, it's, I, I don't think any title means less than the universal title right now. That's, well, that's all I'm saying. Well, well, here's, you know, it, well it, it was just, just side note real fast. The, how much it doesn't mean is we forgot that Kevin Owens have held it yeah, as well. That's true. So, and, and that's it. I mean, 13 uh, times it's changed hands and, and it feels like it's, it's never been on TV. Matt, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, just here's my snarky prediction. I saw a tweet the other day that Goldberg is going to wrestle a couple more matches. Uh, so, or it may, it may have been on, online. I can't remember. Lord um, have mercy. But here's my snarky prediction. Roman's going to run with it till the next Saudi show. Goldberg's going to win it. 
Goldberg's going to carry it long enough for them to re-sign Brock to a short-term contract to come in and do a retirement match. He puts Goldberg in retirement, and then Roman lines up and takes it right back from from. Uh, yeah, that's that's my snarky but wouldn't be surprising prediction. I mean, what do they do? What are they doing? Right? What what is this? Just, I mean, just just cut it out. <laughs> get it off get it off the fiend the fiend doesn't need it the fiend doesn't need it he's never needed it okay bray wyatt needs to be this this thing that terrorizes people mm-hmm. all right he needs to be this thing that terrorizes people that takes people into um into this everyone's fears everything so busted open radio we're just plugging every uh, everybody else's show but busted open radio they were talking about how um the Fiend should only wrestle, The Fiend should only wrestle in cinematic matches. 100%. I would love okay. that. And, and it's only, it's, it, and they're all like the John Cena match, not exactly um, like it, but everybody takes it, takes, he takes everyone into their fear, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but maybe Bray Wyatt, regular Bray Wyatt can wrestle in the ring, but when The Fiend is awoken, it, he only takes them into cinematic matches well do do uh finn balor and the demon i mean there's the blueprints already there right let's go so so, perfect yeah you can you can do that and you can tell the great stories that bray wyatt tells i mean the john cena thing is so fantastic so i mean that it single-handedly saved the the squash by goldberg um only for this to happen again but uh, yeah i'm with you like why did you have him win why did you have braun lose the title to fiend to just like take it from him at uh at payback and okay maybe we're wrong say we're wrong and the fiend wins right and he's still the title holder wow roman came back he he pins braun so roman's still strong why did we need roman in this story braun and and bray are telling this great story about dating back to their days in the wyatt family we had Alexa all throughout the show okay. leading right. up to it. And where was she at SummerSlam? Y'all, I'm hot about this one. And I've, I've expressed this to both of you. She set up. I have to back away from my mic so I don't bust everybody's ear. <laughs> she is set up to be, for weeks, weeks, weeks. set up to, weeks be, and weeks. to be the X factor in this match. 100%. Set up to yep. be the one who comes in for better or worse to either save Braun and remind Braun who he is and turn him back to the light side or whatever that is, or to join the fiend Sister and, Abigail. And, and distract Braun, screw him over. And, and then on off we go. She's part of the Firefly Funhouse, right? She's nowhere to be seen. She is not even on camera at all well and the and the story survivor right uh SummerSlam, whatever the, whatever it is the the story they're telling there is great because it's braun Strowman. you know i hate you i don't want you around i we were never friends it's the classic like you use me i i, I love you yeah. so much that i have to tell you i you so that you won't get hurt so that you won't be brought into this into the fiend and, and my situation to be used against me I mean, that's like, you know, that's movies, that's storytelling. This, and, then it, and then it was like, you could have that, or 
uh, Vince McMahon brain, Roman Reigns, and he's got new teeth. <laughs> his, teeth look, his teeth look great. He's teeth got great teeth. Great but teeth. listen, I mean... <laughs> Britt Baker, DMD. Exactly. Whenever you see, see Britt. I thought the segments with Alexa Bliss in this storyline have been some of the best storytelling that WWE has been doing. Some of the best that it's been doing. I mean, it has longevity. It goes way back. It references, you know, the team Little Big. It references the, you have all of this coming in. Mm -hmm. And then she's not even on camera at all. None. She has nothing to do with the match. And I'm hot about it. I'm, I, I was so mad, so mad afterwards. I don't know this, what I was more mad about, Roman Reigns, the Roman Reigns run-in at the end, or Alexa Bliss not at all even being on the, the pay-per-view. Made no sense to me. No, no. This is, this is not my original thought, but it's something that yeah, my friend told me. And, and I think it's so true that, you know, this is the difference between what we've seen with AEW and with WWE. WWE... Um, does not reward you for knowing its history, right? It does not reward you for being a fan and having been around and seen these storylines and seeds planted that then are fulfilled later. Where in AEW, right, you have, if you've been following being the elite, this story with Hangman and the Bucks and Kenny all the way in Japan, Ring of Honor, the, 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 the elite and, the, uh, the stuff with the Bullet Club and all that that meant, it enhances the story for you. With WWE, it's like, maybe you know about Team Little Big. Maybe you know about Sister Abigail. Maybe you know about – but it doesn't matter anyway because we're going to do something different that doesn't apply to this. And it's like, WWE, you have the greatest history of any professional wrestling company in the world. You have this catalog of people who – for the most part, are all about the nostalgia and know the history and want to see that played out even more. And I think that's why people really love the Cena match because it went through all of wrestling history. Um, that that they just they have such opportunities to tell these stories and they just throw it out for the casual viewer or to pop a rating or to bring in people like Brock or Roman or Goldberg and say, remember this? And lose some really really awesome stuff i just you know it's 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 why we're seeing the ratings as they are mm -hmm. I'm, I'm about to scratch another name off our list of people that probably won't come on but i wonder it's if it's a sign the cena match i wonder if it's a sign of vince not being involved in that development versus the title match with the run-in after with vince's hands all over it i wonder if the better stuff these days is the stuff that vince is okaying but not getting involved in well, I did hear that Bray Wyatt did have a big hand in that, uh, in the creation of that match. Yeah, um, I think it was, I think it was like mostly Bray. Yeah. You know, which is like, you know, yeah, I mean, that makes sense because yeah. it was so different from everything we've seen on WWE mm -hmm. to the mm -hmm. point where they're going, let's try anything. Uh, ladies dancing in a basement with Shane, who's a big sweaty man. Just underground sweating, fighting underground just, just sweating all over the place and uh if you how do you win uh somebody gets thrown off a platform i guess Whew. guys 
This has been a lot of fun, but I think we're we're running short on time here. I think I feel like we're we're getting close to it. So I'm gonna suggest we end it there and save some of the rest of this hot fire for the next episode. Um, you guys good with that? Good with that. And I'll just let folks know that if you're interested in sending in questions or comments, you can go to cassetclub at gmail.com or you can reach out on to us at Twitter at hashtag Cassic Club or at Cassic Club. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, all right, guys, this has been fun. Great first episode. I thought, I thought this, this was uh, some fantastic stuff that we covered. Um, check us out. We'll try to do this again next week. Uh, and we will, uh, we'll see you then in any other parting words. Y'all want to plug anything before we leave? Just us. Uh, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we, I think, plug I think us. We, just plug think us, we, man. I think we plugged everybody else. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and eliminated and, a few potential guests. So we're, you know, hitting them for right. both ends. That's right. Sorry, sorry, everyone. We won't have Vince McMahon on anytime soon, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, it'll just be too sweet. And I'll say this. Some clubs, they come, they go. They live in Japan. They're kind of seen on Raw. But the Cassock Club is for life. For life, baby for life. Our vows say so. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. Well, it's good to, good to see you all. Um, and we will uh, we'll catch you all again next time. See you then.